to Architecting. I'm your host, Angela Mazzi. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others, because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Be very careful of the words that you speak over yourself, that you speak into your life. Be very careful of your thoughts because thoughts have power, because they steep into your soul, your spirit, and end up becoming very real. Hey, Bright Lights, it's Angela, and welcome to Architecting. 2023, in case you haven't already noticed, is predicted to be a very transformational year, which is why I am so excited to have Elizabeth Correa as my guest today. She is a transformational coach who focuses on personal growth and lifestyle design, and she is all about empowerment. The thing I really hope you take away from Elizabeth's story is is that you don't have to have this list of accomplishments in order to have a voice and have an impact and make a difference. Her story came from a very tragic childhood. And as she was working through recovering from a lot of that trauma that she'd experienced throughout her childhood and even into adulthood, she discovered that telling her story was not only part of her own healing, but helped others who were experiencing similar things to go on their own healing journey. It really is powerful that you speak up and that you advocate and that wherever you are, you share what you know. I really hope you enjoy this interview. Take a listen. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you. I'm just, I'm honored and humbled to be here. And yes, I am predicting that this year is going to be transformational. I think for a lot of people. Your story really lays the foundation for why you do the work that you do. It's, it's interesting. I actually didn't go looking for this. I didn't go looking to coach or to be a coach. I didn't even go looking to be a speaker. It wasn't something that I went searching for that I knew, you know, that's what I was going to do. And that's what I was going to be. And I planned for it. No, I discovered my calling, my purpose while fighting through my pain. I discovered this passion embarking on this healing journey once I kind of fought through most of the pain I was fighting through and I kind of got to the place where I was, you know, a survivor, being a survivor and a victor, they're very different survivor, you're just surviving, victor, you're doing something with the pain that you went through. So I was in this survivor kind of mode and state and I discovered this passion to share my story. While I was sharing my story, whether it was in support groups, whether it was at events at church, I just, it, it, there was something about it that was, would light me up and I didn't even know what it was. I'm like, I feel so good sharing and talking about my story, realizing that it was because of the impact that it had on other people who were not yet at the survival mode. They were still stuck in victim mode. I mean, I was still going through my story, still healing, but I was where they wanted to be. 
just yeah. like my mentor. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be just like her, you know, and she mentored me and she loved me back to life. And I would say like, gosh, you know, I want to be just like her. I want to help women and girls. I just didn't know what that would look like, but I just, I knew that I wanted to be just like her. That's really how I discovered my passion. So I went from pain to passion and then from passion to purpose and then from purpose to pay. And I quickly just realized that I wanted to, I wanted to make it my my purpose. I wanted it to be my purpose here on earth. Um, I went searching for ways and how to make that happen, how to make an impact, not necessarily for pay yet. I didn't think I was something I could get paid to do, but I know I wanted to use my story to contribute to the healing of the world. And I think that's such a great point that you make when it becomes bigger than you, your ego gets out of the way and you can't not tell the story. And it's not about how much you know. Yes, that's exactly what it was for me. You know what, you know, I I have been saying this for years. I don't know how I do things. And for me, I think it's just, I know that I'm being, and that comes very natural for me. It wasn't that I knew how to speak or that I knew how to coach or it was that I, I, I know how to be, I know how to be. And so it makes everything I do, I do well, because I'm just, I'm really just being. So when you're working with people, what do you find is the biggest thing that stands in their way that you really have to help them unpack? Letting go, unforgiveness. Mm. That's a big, big, big one. And and whether it's towards themselves or towards others, others, 98% of the time, it's both. Really just letting go of what didn't work out of what didn't happen of what someone did what they didn't do what your childhood was like what you didn't get from your parents what your your spouse did to you who walked away on you who walked out on you who rejected you who abandoned you it's a it's so much and all of that gets in the way of us really discovering our greatness discovering our purpose and fulfilling our purpose those things get in the way and they're huge, huge roadblocks. They're huge. And I definitely had to do my own work in that area. That was the foundation, I believe, of my healing. That was when I really started healing was when I started to forgive and let go of everything and everyone. That's a hard thing to do because a lot of us are caught in this cause and effect loop. And we think because we have suffered that we give our power away and we blame others and we get stuck feeling like the victim. So how did you turn it around in your own life to be that victor instead of the victim? And then how do you help others do the same? You know, Angela, it it wasn't one thing, especially when I speak, I'm often asked, you know, how did you turn your life around and how did you heal? What was that one thing? And I'm like, one thing. Okay. If I had one thing, I would have already packaged it up in a bottle, I would have been a multimillionaire. There is, there is not one thing. There's no way there's one thing. It, it was a combination of a few things. You know, I would say the first thing that I had to do was work on me, on loving myself, on understanding what that looked like. What does that feel like? How do I know if I get to a point where I can love myself? Like, how do you know when you love yourself? And so that was a, that was about a 10 year journey. It's easy to say, or teach or, you know, preach, you got to love yourself more, you know, self love is the best love. And 
there's women and girls out there and men and, and boys too, I'm sure asking, well, how do I do that? What does that look like? Well, it's so much more than manicures and pedicures and facials. For me, it was spiritual growth. It was personal growth, personal development. It was professional development. Like the more I studied, the more courses I took, the more conferences and seminars I went to, the smarter I felt, the smarter I felt, the more I healed, the more I healed, the more I was in tune with myself, the more in tune with myself was the more I was loving on myself. When you know, when you feel smarter, you feel like you have so much more to bring to the table. And I'm not just talking about book smarts. You know, it, it goes so much deeper than that. It's wisdom. It's knowledge. It's yes, it's books too, right? Because I had to go back to school. I had, you know, every year I take a course. I've been taking a course every single year. I'm in my mid forties. I've been taking a course every year since my early to mid twenties, every year. The more courses I take, the more knowledge I have, the smarter I feel, the more confidence I have. It's like, you know, no, no I, oh, I know, I know A, B, C, D. For so many years, I, I, I felt unworthy. And, and this sounds strange, but I, I know it has a lot to do with my childhood, sexual, physical, mental abuse, emotional abuse. I felt dumb. I felt ugly. I felt like all these words that were not true. They were stories that I made up as a young girl. And I carried that for so many years. There was a lot of self-work to do, a lot of inner work to do. And I took the time to do it. I was a part of a lot of groups, you know, women's groups, youth groups. I made a lot of new friends as I was healing. I wasn't afraid to network. I wasn't afraid to go to places alone. I attended many, many, many events alone. So it was a combination of a lot of things. And then I started taking care of my body, my health, which made me feel strong and fit. You know, so it was a combination of things. It's, it wasn't just one thing. I wish I could say it was one thing, but it wasn't. It was a lot of work, but it felt really good. There were times where it was hard, especially in the beginning, because you just want to go back to, you know, the painful, not so comfort box that you live in or go back to your old ways or old habits. There were moments where it was tough. There were moments where, you know, in the beginning, the first few years, I felt very alone because I knew that I had to walk away from a lot of toxic people that were in my life. And this was, you know, in my twenties. So there were tough moments, but how I was starting to feel meeting new people, making new friends, taking courses, educating myself, uh, loving my body, taking care of my body. It was the more mighty I felt. That's really impressive. And I love that you talk about evolution because if you don't grow, you're stagnating, yet it's often hard to grow when you're surrounded by people that don't really want you to grow because they're threatened by that. I think that's definitely something a lot of listeners to architecting are dealing with is wanting maybe to dream big, but feeling like, well, who are you to do that? What do you say about that whole imposter syndrome thing? I, you know, I love the idea of being absolutely committed to growth and learning, but what are some other things you can do in the moment to kind of overcome those self-doubts or that fear of not being accepted any longer? When though when when those thoughts came up, when they arise, because they will and they do. I was, I shut them down very quickly. 
because I knew that if I entertained this, if I allowed it to get in my way, then it would shut me down. So I was very and am still very good at shutting down negative thoughts, negative talk. I, I, I stay away from speaking death over my life, you know, which is negative talk, negative self-talk. Like I'm very quick to catch it. If I'm in the mirror and I'm like, oh, like, oh, my looks, I, I, I kind of gained a little, some pounds here. Like, I don't like the way I look. I'm like, no, nope. okay. I gained some pounds and they're going to go. I'm going to work on the next few days and they're going to go very quick too. And I think it goes back to my level of resilience. I didn't know I was resilient until I understood what that word meant in my mid to late twenties. But I, I do think it, it, it comes back to that. The one thing I would say is be very careful of the words that you speak over yourself, that you speak into your life. Be very careful of your thoughts because thoughts have power because they steep into your soul, your spirit and end up becoming very real. You end up acting out those thoughts. You start living in and with those thoughts. And um, that can be very dangerous and crippling to our well-being, our level of professional or pers personal success, our relationships, how we value ourselves, how we see ourselves. It can be very crippling. So I say just catch it and turn it around because the, the beauty about this is I'm not sharing anything that we are not capable of doing or that you have to go and buy. We have the power the willpower, we have the tools within us to actually do this. We all do. No matter how negative you are, there are people, you know, they struggle with depression and anxiety and just, you know, a lot of other mental illnesses. But I do believe that when we really sit back and just breathe, we can get clear with how we are crippling ourselves or stopping ourselves or getting in our own way. We know, most of us know how we're doing this. Being more aware so that you catch it and can turn it around rather than taking the train all the way. Yes, catch it. We know when it's there. We know when it's about to happen, when it's happening. So get very present with it. Don't don't ignore it. I'm not saying ignore that. No, I, I, I don't ever do that. I catch it and I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, Elizabeth. I, okay, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this. Why, why am I feeling this? What's going on? Just evaluate what's really happening and stop it because we, we have the power to do that. So I know a lot of your work is about giving people their power back, mm -hmm. showing them how they give it away. But then you're also trying to get them to feel good about pursuing the life that is their dream life, to be the person they were destined to be. What do you do when somebody is just so lost touch, so used to people pleasing that they don't know the answer to that? This is interesting. 99% of people actually know what they want to do. And it's something that they think about all the time. Now, it might be a combination of two or three things. But something is there and they're either ashamed to share it because they don't think they're qualified to do it or be it, or they don't believe in themselves enough to think or believe that they can actually do it. So it's usually one of those two things. Mm. So you have, you know, and I, I work with women every day. I coach women every day. This is what I do. And then, you know, when I speak to women, I, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what my purpose is. And start going through a, a number of exercises to kind of figure it out. It always comes back to, yeah, like I kind of always did want to do that. 
but you know, I just felt so like there's already so many people doing it. Who am I to just show up and say, I want to be a fashion stylist? Who am I to say I want to be a public speaker when there's millions out there? I don't have any education. And no, there's no training. There's, but it's something that they always wanted to do. How we discover what our calling is, many of us, we witness someone else doing it first. And it becomes the seed that's planted in that moment. Like, oh, I would love to be a YouTuber, a paid YouTuber. Oh my gosh. So these people actually sit there and just record videos and make money. I want to do that. I have so much I want to say. I want to talk about my love of gardening. I love to garden. I can teach people how to, how to plant trees and fruits and whatever it is. It could be something as simple as gardening. Hundreds of people monetizing YouTube just by teaching people how to garden. So it's something that probably watched someone else do. And it was a seed that was planted. And you know that you would love to do it. You probably just don't know how to start, where to start. You don't think you're qualified because nobody knows that you you garden all of a sudden. No, I'm going to just show up and teach people how to garden. Well, people are going to make fun of me. They're going to be like, well, where did she come from? What's up with her? No, you start the YouTube channel and you teach people how to garden. <laughs> right? So, it, you know, most of us know what it is that we want to do because we think about it often. And we might not share it, but it's something that you think about often. It's something that lights you up, that you love. You love watching other people do it. You watch a lot of videos on it. You read books on it. You read magazines on it. You watch YouTube videos on it. Like you hear, you listen. It's something that lights you up. You, you just love it. And maybe you just didn't know that that could be a path. So just connecting those dots is important. Another thing though, that I think is kind of a sidebar to this not taking action. So I know a lot of people who will let credentials get in the way. And so then it becomes, I'll do this when, and they just oh. never quite get there. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to use that for, you know, my clients who in the beginning, when I, we, we first start going through our sessions, and they're waiting for the credentials and for the certificate and for something magical to happen before they start posting. And that gets me every time. It's like, oh no, we're not going to do that. No, 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 no. We are not going to do that. That's not what Tony Robbins, that's not what he did before he started pitching and getting out there and, you know, speaking companies and organizations and huge, huge, huge platforms. He started with speaking in basement events. His first fee, his speaking fees was $200. Now it's more than 200000 he didn't wait until he had all these credentials and education before he started speaking for pay. We sometimes forget, we see people, celebrities and these great speakers and coaches, and we see them in this light and we think that they have always, they were always there. No, Marie Forleo used to scrub toilets, bartend and waitress, three different jobs, while she was trying to build a side business coaching. We forget where people started. So you don't wait for the certificate. You don't wait for the diploma, the degree or the master's or the credentials. No, you start sharing your passion for whatever it is. If it's gardening, you start sharing your love for flowers and plants and planting on social media. And I say social media because one, it's free. And two, that is where people are going to look for you and find you. And they're going to go there first. 
They're not going to say, hey, Angela, so what's your website? No, those days are over. That doesn't cut it anymore. It's, it's always, hey, what's your Instagram? Are you on LinkedIn? Do you have Facebook? Oh, do you have TikTok? And then once they get there, they go to your bio, they see your, your link tree or a social tab, and then they go to your website. Just get out there. Put whatever you're passionate about, whoever, you know, if you're watching this and you just don't, you haven't figured it out yet, but you kind of, you have an idea of what your passion is. And even if you have two or three passions, share it all, share it all, share something, start somewhere. And the second thing I would say is find one to two people who are doing what you aspire to do or what you're passionate about, what you want to do and study them. If they've got books, read their books. If they have a YouTube channel, study their content, watch them, study them, and you will learn. You'll learn how to do things. That's who you want to look up to. You know, whoever that is for you, study them and create your own flow, your own way to do what it is they're doing, which is what you're passionate about. Those are really great tips. And I always tell people, because a lot of the people in this community, some of them own their own architecture firms, but a lot of them work for other firms. Mm. We are so fortunate in this day and age because of social media that you can position yourself as a thought leader and expand your network in ways that you couldn't if you were only waiting for your workplace to give you the platform. When you really sit back and think about the power of social media and how easy it is to start a movement, don't look at the numbers. Don't look at how many people are, you know, logged into your live. There's three people that showed up. That's three people. And the more consistent you are, that three will turn into five, eventually eight, eventually 18, and then 20. And it's the consistency, right? So it's not just... You know, you're going to try it one day. It didn't work out. Only three people logged in to watch your live. You know, I, I, this is not for me. I, I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. I only three people. That was three people. You know, I say commitment and consistency. Commit to it and then be consistent. You just have to put yourself out there. If you want to start a movement, a business um, project, a mission, something, anything, whatever it is, a passion project, you have to just put it out there and share it with the world. If you don't want to make income and an impact, then keep it to yourself. That's fine. We're not, but we're not, I don't think we're talking about that right now. No, no. And, and I love how we've come full circle in this conversation to where you were early in your career saying, I don't care that I only just came to these realizations. I'm sharing what I know because yeah. if I'm even one step ahead of you. I can help you move down the path. Yeah. Interesting that we, we, we talk, you know, that we, we're touching on the subject of waiting for the credentials and, and the degrees or whatever it is, whatever credentials mean to you. I had to prepare my own table. I was just a young woman with a story. And, and really, when, when you, you break down my story, it's incredible that I've been able to speak in well over 100 schools, hundreds of platforms, so thousands of copies of my, my book, my memoir. I, I did this all on my own when no one else was doing it. So it wasn't like someone taught me. I, I didn't have a coach. Now you got coaches everywhere. You can, you know, log into Clubhouse and you'll find a coach in a, two seconds, right? But I didn't have any of that. I had to, I used Google and YouTube for everything. I learned how to do everything through Google and YouTube, you know, and, and I did it on my own. And I think it's why I'm able to teach 
those things is because I did it on my own. I I was a a teen mom, you know, 16. I dropped out of high school. Really, even though I went back to school, I was a high school dropout. So when I say there were no open doors, there were no rooms for me. I mean it. I worked very hard to prove myself, to walk through some of the doors that I've walked in. I've, I've, I've spoken in many teachers' conferences. You know, I, I was a high school dropout <laughs> speaking to teachers on how to teach and reach their students. Why? Why was I there? Why was I paid well to be there? Because I have something they needed. I was that, that broken girl in foster care, growing up in poverty, in the projects, caught up with all this crime and stuff that I was doing as a very young girl, teen mom, domestic violence, abuse. I was that typical student that they couldn't reach. I always say when I'm speaking at these events, my teachers couldn't teach me because they couldn't reach me. I know how to teach them how to reach those students. So they needed me. Once I discovered that, I'm like, there's a need for my story. I've got something that these teachers and educators, administrators need. So I prepared my own table. I made a way to walk through these doors. Speakers and educators that had a lot more education than I did thought, hey, I tried to speak at that youth conference. You know, how come I didn't get in? You can, you can make a way. And you can do that thing that you're thinking about doing and that you think you're not qualified to do. Oh, believe me, you can do it. Thank you, Elizabeth, for being such an inspiration. And the fact that you always believed in yourself, that you didn't accept being a victim, that you felt that your story was worth telling, it has really shown how you can impact lives and change the world, no matter who you are, no matter where you are. And I think that is such an important message. Thanks, Angela. Thank you. For people that want to learn more about you or follow you, how can we find you? How can we get your book? Elizabeth Correa on all the platforms. What I did was I put Miss MS on Instagram. So Miss Elizabeth Correa, Facebook, Elizabeth Correa, TikTok, Elizabeth Correa, my website, Elizabeth Correa. I do Mm -hmm. have a freebie masterclass that I can send you a link discovering your one thing. It's your purpose. It's your one thing. How to discover your one thing. And that is so generous of you to share that with everybody. I know they will definitely appreciate it. This was such an inspirational talk. Please share your insights from it and tag Elizabeth. I know she would appreciate hearing what your insights were and what your takeaways were. Absolutely. Yes, I would. I, I would love that. Please tag me. Yes. Thanks so much for making the time to be on and for giving us all these great tips about believing in ourselves, finding our purpose, and being relentless about it. Ooh, I like that word, relentless. There's one thing I'm going to leave everyone with. Get clear with your one word, your theme, your energy uh, for the year. And then, you know, just set your goals, everything you want to do, everything you aspire to do, you want to create, design, accomplish created around that word. Your goal is to feel better, stronger, healthier, you know, and your word is well-being. Set your goals around feeling and being well. You know, whether that means starting a yoga class, working out three days a week. If your word is systems, maybe you need more systems in your business, you know, spend the year working on systems, creating systems for your business. So pick one word, one theme, and then just set your goals around that word. I love that idea. I've been doing that myself for a few years and it's so much more powerful than Oh gosh. 
Well, because everything you do, you connect it back to that word. It's like, okay, if this is my word. So you're, you know that your focus is to do things, your tasks that will get you to that word. It's so powerful. Thank you again for being on. It was so great to talk to you. I loved our chat. Thank you. Thanks, Angela. It was honored to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. You made it all the way to the end of the episode, which means you are committed to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. Hey, I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired. Mm-hmm.